Welcome to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP, helping you to run simple. Host and moderator Bonnie D. Graham talks with the experts about how game-changing technologies can help you achieve financial excellence for your company. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place because this is where the best run. Let's see what the buzz on the street is today. I have an interesting quote from a gentleman named Chris Pass, P-A-S-S. He's the SVP and CFO of an organization called John Muir Health. Here's the quote. CFOs are challenged with turning the numbers into something meaningful to derive insights and deliver information to the rest of the organization, unquote. That's a synopsis of what we're going to be talking about today. So what is keeping CFOs awake at night in 2019? Okay, what is keeping CFOs awake at night in 2019? It is now almost the middle of February 2019, and we're well into the year, and whatever is on their minds is not getting any easier. Finance leaders today need to oversee their day-to-day operations, we know that, and the changing market dynamics, but they also need to guide the business strategically because they need to drive innovation and sustainable growth. We talk about this all the time here on Financial Excellence with Game Changers. So what we're trying to do today is find out what can CFOs do in order to create an intelligent finance organization. A couple of things come to mind. They need to eliminate outdated IT limitations. They need to harness new technologies. We'll talk about those. They need to automate repetitive tasks. No, we're not putting people out of work. We're just letting people work on higher level things I, and tasks uh, at work. And we better. need to manage. Aaron, can you mute Melanie, please? All right, and we need to have the goal of a truly intelligent finance organization. So let's talk about who's on the panel today. We have three experts from around the world. In just a moment, I'll be introducing you to you. Keep hearing her voice, Melanie Narona, Senior Editor for the Economist Intelligent Units Thought Leadership Division in EMEA, and she is in Dubai. She's joined by a returning guest, Sam Parikh, Managing Director of the SAP Practice at Deloitte Consulting, and a shout-out to Carla Neal Slavin, I believe, is her new last name. Congratulations, Carla, on the wedding. And joining them is a returning panelist, Neil Krefsky, Senior Director of Product Marketing for SAP S4HANA and Finance LOB Line of Business Solutions at SAP. Welcome to our panel. Melanie has sent us a wonderful quote from Helen Keller, who lived from 1880 to 1968, an American author, political activist, and lecturer. She was the first uh, deaf-blind person to earn a Bachelor of Arts degree. And her story was made famous by the story of my life, her autobiography, and by the movie and Broadway play, The Miracle Worker. The quote Melanie has selected is, alone we can do so little, together we can do so much. Sam Parikh sent us a quote from Peter Diamandis, who was born in May 1961, a Greek-American engineer, physician, and entrepreneur. He is best known as the founder and chairman of the XPRIZE Foundation. He's the co-founder and executive chairman of Singularity University, co-author of New York Times bestsellers, former CEO and co-founder of Zero Gravity. Peter Diamandis is a man who never sleeps. He's always thinking, always creating, always innovating. Here's the quote Sam has selected. When you attack a problem as if it were solvable, even if you don't know how to solve it, you'll be shocked with what you come up with. Sam Parikh, welcome back to Game Changers. How are you? Doing well, Bonnie. Good morning. Good morning. Talk to me about this wonderful quote. So when I saw and when I started reading uh, uh, Peter Diamandis, he was actually talking about something called taking a moonshot. 
and in his talk he explained how how people landed on the moon and how it was it came all about when uh, president john kennedy promised that we'll put man on the moon uh knowing little about how exactly it will work out and in less than 10 years uh, we had an astronaut on the moon and if you compare that to the world of technology today and how it has evolved and bonia was also reflecting on some of our past discussions on this channel we've been talking about how technology is transforming finance or what possibilities it holds for future and believe it or not i think the future is here uh, where technologies have transformed or are constantly transforming finance and changing the way it works uh, 5 years ago if it, if somebody had said that there will be intelligent process automation not only robotic process automation people have said yeah that's out far and show me how it can work but i think i think the greatest minds in the in the tech world of technology have come about and shown what can be done um what can be done when we put our minds together and when we attack the problem uh again not knowing exactly how it will work but just continue to work at it so i found this very inspiring Thank you. It is inspiring. And and Sam, when we're talking about CFOs, we're not typically talking about people on the cutting edge of innovation. If I'm allowed to say that, Sam, we're talking about what we've called technological laggards in past shows over the past couple of years. And by the way, this is the eighth season that Financial Excellence has been here with us on Game Changers. Uh, so the question is, you'll be shocked what you can up, come up with. Do you think that, that finance people are having this aha, eureka moment? moment saying wow there are new tools there's new technology there's a new mindset we need to do more we need to think outside the box take off the eye shades get rid of the green lamp in the basement do you think this is an aha moment for them sam i i think so and i'm an accountant myself so i i take your comment uh, about <laughs> uh, about the technology and the cfos <laughs> totally get it but i i think as i work with the clients and as we go through uh working with the cfos even the if you read the recent material um of the surveys coming out from the cfo i think the sentiment within the finance community within finance leadership is is clearly stating that they they are seeing this technology uh and the need to to stay at speed with this technology as as part of their uh, for for the vision of what finance will look like so not only they are adopting the technology but they are now also understanding the possibilities that this technological innovation can bring to the world of finance and it is in in some cases i, I would uh, i would agree i mean it is it is eye popping it is sort of uh, that moment that says ah and what what i call that as a art of the possible cfos finance leaders are saying what is what is possible and uh, and they like it they are embracing it and and to an extent uh, i won't call shocked but surprised by what the technology can offer 
Thank you very much. Okay, surprise. We'll go. We'll go with that, Sam. Thank you for admitting that you're a CPA. We really appreciate that. Let's get Neil Krevsky on here. And Neil has sent us a quote. Neil, I'm going to say it in French. I warned you about that. It's from Jean Baptiste Alphonse Carr, K A R R, who lived from 1808 to 1890, a French critic, journalist, and novelist. Uh, he had a monthly journal, Les Jupes, G U E P E S, keenly satirical and he had the reputation of being a somewhat bitter wit. Okay, he indulged in floriculture when he went to live in Nice, France in 1855, and there is a dahlia with his name attached to it. He almost founded the trade of cut flowers on the French Riviera. Here's the quote. I'll say it in French, and then, Neil, you can translate for us. Plus ça change, plus c'est la même chose. Welcome back, Neil Krefsky. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me back. And um, the way you said the quote sounds a lot more elegant than the way I'm going to say it. <laughs> Go ahead, Neil. I take take a chance. Go ahead, dive in. Sure. So the quote is: "The more things change, the more they stay the same." Mm-hmm. Uh, when I saw the uh, theme of this show, uh, this quote immediately came to mind. But uh, thank you for giving all that background on who, who uh, came up with the quote, because uh, I had no idea. I had to actually look it up myself, but I would mm-hmm. think most of the listeners out there have probably heard the quote. <laughs> so tell me, how does it relate to our topic of creating a truly intelligent finance organization? Sure. Um, I, I really enjoyed coming up with this quote for that topic because uh, we're all getting as finance professionals, and I, I'm a recovering CPA myself, mm-hmm. but uh, we're all getting inundated with all of the buzzwords on the latest in technology, whether it be artificial intelligence and machine learning and, and digital assistance and yeah. predictive and all of these really new and fantastic innovations that what? are adding a lot to uh, a finance professional and organization and what they do. But at the end of the day, if you don't have a strong foundation of traditional processes and systems in place, what good is using all of these new um, advancements if it's being applied to a poor foundation? So more important than ever, we have to look at the traditional processes we have in order to be able to effectively uh, uh, incorporate all of these new and emerging uh, technologies to finance. Thank you, Neil. Very interesting. Are CPAs and finance people shocked or surprised? Let's go back to the quote that Sam provided. What's your thought on that? I'm sorry, what was the question? Are the C- are CPAs and finance people shocked or surprised about the changes in technology and what's available in terms of innovations to do their jobs better, to change, expand their IT landscape? What do you think? Um, I don't know if, if shock's the right word. However, I think um, traditional finance professionals, you know, they hear all of these new uh, fancy and innovative buzz- buzzwords and they might not think, that there's much to offer for them, Mm -hmm. but where they do become surprised when they start diving into it, in fact, finance becomes one of the areas in a company that is a test case and a use case for many of these new 
innovative technologies. And then when they hear what some other companies are doing or opportunities that are out there for finance, I think more so than shocked, they, they kind of, the light bulb comes on. It's like, oh, you know what? That is kind of obvious. I don't, I don't know why we're not doing that. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's funny. Finance may not always be considered the uh, sexiest part of the mm. business, but yep. when it comes to applying new innovations, often it becomes the obvious choice to start. Thank you very much, Neil. And so I'm going to go back to Sam. And Sam, this is the part of the show where I ask you, where are you calling from? What's in your cup today or what's your favorite drink? And if you had something fascinating over the holidays, that's fine. And catch us up to date on what you're doing at Deloitte Consulting. Go ahead, Sam. Excellent. So calling uh, from sunny San Ramon, California this morning, uh, working at uh, at a client site. And uh, what I'm drinking is... uh, this is still a bit early in the morning here in California, so drinking my my first cup of uh, coffee. Uh, that's the standard standard process. Try to mm-hmm. get a cup of coffee and then get the day rolling. Uh, what what we are up to uh, in Deloitte? What I'm up to within Deloitte? Uh, I think a lot of exciting things are happening, especially around finance transformation, and that being my area of specialty. That's what I'll focus on. I, um, as we go through, and today's topic, we'll, we'll touch upon that in a in a minute. But I think a lot of work has been happening uh, from our side, from my side, in terms of talking to the finance organizations, finance leadership across uh, across U.S. for myself, across the globe for uh, for Deloitte. And we are beginning to have uh, even more and more dialogues, more involved discussions about what technology can do for finance, what is the future of finance look like? And it's in response to many different things. I mean, in the past, you talked about the challenges that the CFOs face in terms of the information requirements coming from the stakeholders or the new regulations uh, coming quite quickly at them, tax law changes, et cetera. I think that that discussion has now shifted to say, Tell me what the future looks like, what the ecosystem of the finance applications look like, what should I be thinking about, data security is at the top of their minds, and then talent. You know, how do I evolve the mm-hmm. talent within my organization? So yeah. a lot of things happening along those lines um, within, within the professional world. Thank you very much, Sam. Good to have you back. Neil Kreski, you're up. Neil, talk to me. Where are you today? What's your favorite drink in the whole wide world that keeps you smiling and becoming the recovering in process, recovering CPA you claim to be? And tell me what's new with you in your role. Go ahead, Neil. Sure. So uh, I'm calling from South Florida in uh, what I call the real Hollywood. Uh, Hollywood, <laughs> I'm Florida, sorry. Which is um, just in between uh, Fort Lauderdale and Miami. Uh, so when people refer to Hollywood, that's what I default to. Uh, and being in uh, well South done. Florida, uh, I'm kind of a coffee snob to begin with. Uh, and this morning, I'm actually drinking a Cuban coffee Ooh. Uh, from my favorite little cafe right around the corner from where I live. <laughs> so, what is a Cuban coffee? Uh, you have Cuban to tell me. What, what's in a Cuban uh, yeah. coffee, Neil? What's that? What is in a Cuban coffee? 
Oh, it, it's a stronger bean. It's definitely uh, an espresso level uh, bean. Uh, sourced obviously from Cuba, and so it's made very um, strong. And you can actually have it as a uh, just a shot straight. Sometimes they'll put a little milk in it. I'm actually having it cafe con leche style, where they put some steamed uh, condensed milk in it and gives it a little sweetness. But it definitely has the uh, mm. juice, as you say, to keep you smiling and going throughout the day. <laughs> Good to know. We need we need you to be keeping on going. I see here. Uh, I see a brand here, uh, Cuban Espresso. I'm looking it up. It's a type of espresso, Cafe Cubano. Is that what we're talking about? Or an espresso shot that is sweetened? Yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. Main ingredients is espresso and whole cane sugar. Wow, that's just the way. In variation, cafe con leche, which you mentioned, colada and cortadito. Very interesting. It's called a Cuban shot, a Cuban pull, a cafecito, Cuban coffee, and Cuban espresso. And you can actually get it at Cafe Bustelo is a espresso coffee brand. You can buy anywhere and make it at home. Okay. And there are all kinds of places near me that serve it. I'm going to go get one after the show, Neil. Thank you. <laughs> Neil, uh, thank you for that in, uh, inspiring drink, actually. I can't remember anybody who has said that before, so bravo. Uh, Sam didn't tell us what kind of coffee he likes. Maybe in a minute I'll ask him. But, Neil, catch us up to date on what's new with you, please. Sure. Well, um, I've been uh, with SAP over 20 years, and I've been doing these shows for uh, a few years now with you, and mm-hmm. uh, my role's evolved over that time from where covering the traditional uh, finance processes within SAP's portfolio. But um, that's evolved, in fact, a couple of years ago. The the hot topic in finance in terms of innovation was around cloud, and we were covering that. And now that's kind of become more and more mainstream. And now really my role has evolved in positioning uh, really the theme of this show, how um, Finance and our solutions is enabling our uh, customers uh, to really embed intelligent innovations to then now take what we consider a a best in class next generation mm-hmm. finance system to that next level and keep our customers on the leading edge and being prepared for what's next. Okay, thank you very much. Good to know. And by the way, Erin, we have a message here from Melanie. She said if you can call her on the original number, she got dropped, and she thinks she can try one more time to reach us from Dubai. So I'm going to type the number here into the uh, text for you so that you can try her back one more time. Do you have the original number, Erin? Okay, good. Call her back then, please. We're going to give one more try. But you know what? We're going to go to a break now, so we have a little time to try and get Melanie Narona back. We really want her on the show, and we've tried, and we've tried, and we've tried. It's a it's a connection somehow between uh, between Phoenix and and Durham and, and Dubai. This is this is Global Radio. What can I say? I'm Bonnie D. Graham. I'm drinking water because I'm not allowed to have caffeine on radio show days, and this is already my second show today. Talking to Neil Krefsky at SAP, Sam Parikh at Deloitte, and... Uh, uh, we are talking today about Get Smart, creating an intelligent finance organization. And that's what you want your CFO's office to be, intelligent in every possible way. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. I promise we'll be back, and we're hoping to get Melanie to join us. So we'll be right back. Aaron out.
When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Isn't it time for you to transform your finance organization? SAP is leading the way with groundbreaking technology to help finance professionals transform finance. S4 HANA, powered by SAP, is a part of SAP S4 HANA, the next generation business suite. SAP S4 HANA Finance draws upon innovative in-memory mobile and cloud technologies to deliver one common secure view of all your information across finance. This gives you instant insight to drive enterprise-wide strategic value. Learn more about SAP S4 HANA Finance at SAP.com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Comments, questions? Send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the show at hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Financial Excellence with Game Changers. Absolutely. Financial excellence keeps trying, keeps trying. We really want Melanie Naroma, <laughs> Melanie Narona to join us. She is at the Economist Intelligence Unit in Dubai, and we finally have her back. And Melanie, welcome officially back to Game Changers Radio. And you sent us a wonderful quote from Helen Keller. Alone, we can do so little. Together, we can do so much. So, Melanie, please tell us how you picked this quote for our topic today. Go ahead, Melanie. Thank you so much, uh, Bonnie, for having me on the show. Uh, pleasure to be here. I'm better late than never. That's uh, right. So uh, thanks so much. Um, so, of course, the quote, alone we can do so little together, we can do so much. Um, I picked this for, for today's session because I think it's absolutely central to creating an intelligent finance organization. You know, um, often the finance team is placed in a corner set apart from the core activities of a business. But, but in reality, having the finance function work together with other functions can open new doors for a business, create new opportunities, um, and teams can work through problems together towards common goals. Um, and while the finance function or the CFO can monitor or manage financial performance independently, to, to really craft um, effective strategies that, that say, for example, go beyond uh, just an across-the-board cost-cutting strategy. Mm-hmm. You really need to engage with other functions uh, to, to understand their dynamics, to understand their challenges, uh, and, and craft solutions that really work for the business as a whole. Um, that, and the CFO is in a really good position to do this to help steer the business. We've actually published... Um, uh, a paper recently on steering through collaboration, and I'd love to tell you more about this over the course of this conversation, but that's really the, the sentiment that's at the heart of this quote, um, that only when you come together can you see things that you didn't think were possible before. 
thank you very much. I know collaboration is a big theme for you in your in your notes, Melanie. But Melanie, we mm-hmm. have to catch you up because we've already gone around the table. So we're going to catch up to you, and we're going to do where exactly in Dubai are you? I wouldn't know. I have no idea. But tell me a little bit about where you are. We'd love to know what your favorite drink in the whole world is that powers you to do what you do in terms of thought leadership. And just give me a little bit about your role. Melanie, all yours. Absolutely. So I'm in Dubai in the United Arab Emirates, and and well, it's uh, 9 p.m. out here, so it's quite late in the evening. So my day is winding down, so I'm not powering anything up with a drink at the moment. Uh, but my favorite drink, of course, um, is is my chai tea. Uh, absolutely, absolutely important to start off my day. Uh, and my favorite tea at the moment um, is a Sri Lankan tea it's called a Ceylon Silver Tip. Uh, it's a light tea, very sweet, um, and, it, and, it's, and it's really great as a boost for the day. I actually picked it up um, last year in Sri Lanka uh, when I was there for my wedding, uh, and it really always takes me back to that time. That's lovely. That's very lovely. So tell me something. What's your role specifically? I have here that you're the Economist Intelligent Units in the Thought Leadership Division. And, and what do you actually do, Melanie? So um, I'm an editor with the Thought Leadership Division. And we craft research on a variety of topics. So really trying to get to the cutting edge of an issue, whether it's a healthcare policy, whether it's um, uh, FinTech uh, and, and the piece I mentioned earlier as well was really looking at uh, how uh, the role of the CFO is transforming. So we're really trying to get to the cutting edge of an issue uh, and really try to answer the what next question. Okay, good to know. And now you know what? We're going to move on. Thank you very much. We've already had introductions from Sam and Neil. We're changing the order of the show a little bit. So let's go to one of your discussion statements. We've already taken our break, and I don't want to take another one. Um, Melanie, let's go to the idea of automation. Since we want to talk about intelligent, we know that technology has to be part of it. You say in your notes, automation could go a long way in alleviating the pressure imposed by time constraints and finance executives seem keen to leverage emerging technologies to collaborate effectively with other business functions. And you talk about predictive analytics. We also have a show on that, cloud computing, real-time information sharing. And and so, Melanie, let's talk about uh, the emerging technologies. And, and in the opening, I don't know if you were able to hear me, I talked about the fact, and, and Neil was very gracious about this, that and, and Sam was as well, that CFOs and finance organizations have been known as laggards in terms of adopting new, innovative, disruptive technology. So talk to me about... Uh, are they aware that things could change rapidly if they if they basically leverage? But first, you have to accept, you have to adopt, you have to learn, and then you can leverage the technology. So, give me your thoughts on this, just for about a minute and a half, Melanie, and then I'm going to go around the table and see what Sam and uh, Neil have to say. Go ahead. Sure. Uh, specifically, in the research that we um, that we conducted, uh, we found that. CFOs are anticipating a, a great deal of automation in their roles. In fact, um, around 20% of the CFO's role will be automated in the next three years um, and up to 40% in the next five to 10 years. 
So a great deal of automation expected um, over the next 10 years in their roles. And, and as you'd mentioned, they're, they're keen to leverage cloud computing, they're keen to, to, to leverage predictive analytics. Um, and I think they're interested in these technologies mainly because it helps them to keep up with the pace of change, to mm -hmm. react quickly as events unfold. And so I think that's what really what these technologies will be useful for uh, for CFOs and senior finance executives. Thank you very much. Let's go around the table and see if our panelists agree or disagree with Melanie. Sam Parikh at Deloitte, what do you think? So I, I think um, automation and talk about automation always there, and and I I I see the finance leaders uh, adopting that more and more. I also think that as the discussions are going on, I think the Automation has been talked about for past several years, and now the idea is to combine the automation with artificial intelligence or machine learning, which essentially translates into what we all call intelligent automation. Right? I think as we get into the more discussions, the, the finance leadership is, is very much aware of automation, and I think they want to hear now more about what else, what else is out there that will help them, i.e., can I now add more predictive science into it? Can I throw in more artificial intelligence? And I think that's the level of discussion that, that finance is now getting into, which is really exciting and encouraging. I like the words exciting and encouraging, Sam. You know that because we've already dealt with surprise and shock and laggard. So I, I like that we're, mo we're moving up the chain. I'm, I'm, very, I'm encouraged and I'm excited too. Neil Krefsky, how do you feel about all of this? Go ahead. Yeah, so uh, the, it's funny, the word automation is not a new concept in uh, finance and the finance line of business in a corporate enterprise. Um, as I mentioned, I've been with a technology company for 20-plus years uh, working in financial systems, and from the very first day I started, we were talking about automating the finance function. What's changed and what's new is what automation encompasses uh, in today's uh, timeline and the technology that's available out there. In fact, what we defined as automated 20 years ago may actually be the definition of a manual process today. Uh, so, for example, you know, when I first started, automation was literally taking something that was a, a paper-based process in finance, whether it be reconciling a, uh, an accounts receivable uh, invoice and doing it manually on paper to simply putting it in some type of software uh, mm -hmm. that may or may not be integrated with anything else or the rest of your processes. Over time, automating that really meant being on kind of a single system, a single source of the truth, and that's a level of automation. But where we're at today, and it goes to a lot of what um, Sam just mentioned, is taking those types of things uh, and applying today's innovations like a machine learning and automating that process where, as opposed to someone 20 years ago manually uh, ticking and tying paper accounts receivable invoices, machine learning is constantly learning how to match 
records, whether it be from bank statements, cash coming in, and automating that. And it's not even about being on a single system. It's having a system learning and getting better every time it does it. So to me, automation is not new uh, for finance. It's what's defined as automation. And I would really argue what we said was an automated process 20 years ago is what we would probably say today is manual. Thank you very much. Sam Parikh, you have a very compelling thought here in your notes. You had many of them, actually. I want to read a statement and have you talk about it, and I'll come right back in. You say, traditionally thought of as topics for the CIO, the Chief Information Officer, not the Office of Finance, not the CFO. You say, artificial intelligence, machine learning, predictive insights, digital assistance are rapidly becoming terms that finance leaders are not only aware of, but actively recommending and using, and you say recent surveys show finance leaders are increasingly focused on making their systems intelligent because they're aware of the impact they can make across the enterprise. What was the tipping point, uh, Sam? Was there a tipping point where one day they woke up and said, wow, other organizations in my company, other business units are, are using machine learning. It's fascinating. They're looking into the supply chain. They're looking into the business. They're looking into trends. They're harnessing predictive analytics. Wow, they have data scientists. Wow, artificial intelligence, digital assistance. We're missing the boat. Was there one day when they woke up and they said, wow, Sam? <laughs> Uh, no, <laughs> that wouldn't be finance. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to let you talk among yourselves. It's, it's not a tipping point, or it's not a uh, sudden realization. I think this this is this thought and this process is sort of like an evolution. You know, uh, as more and more technologies have come online, and I think all of us uh, here on the show know how the technologies have e- evolved from being a consumer facing first to start putting that into the use at a, within the enterprise. And finance executives, finance leadership has been looking at, at this evolution and continuously thinking on what can I do with it to improve the operations, improve the insights that I can get, and honestly become the <clears throat> chief strategist or chief advisor uh, to uh, to the to the helm of the business, like the CEOs and the, and the chairman, it, and is that the thought process, that evolution over a period of time, where now they are beginning to realize that that a, an ecosystem has has been built around the core systems and core applications, and also a realization on the part of many leaders that this ecosystem can really, if integrated well can really benefit the organization as a whole, but finance in particular, where there are a lot of opportunities to not only automate the processes, but also make them take on some of the, some of the work, some of the uh, things that like a human can do, you know, um, uh, as Neil mentioned, like how do I automate the invoices or how do I resolve mm-hmm. My routine vendor disputes. Right? Those are kind of the examples. So, so I think this this process has, has been evolving, and I think now there is more and more realization that these technologies can really help. They are real. Uh, they they can help, and there's also an aspect of safety to it that they're safe to use uh, with sensitive finance data. I think that's where CFOs are getting more and more intrigued. Um, on using these technologies. 
Thank you, Sam. Funny, there's no um, epiphany or uh, historic moment in time where all <laughs> finance professionals got together and said, oh, we, we should start thinking about some of these innovations. Um, I think it, to me, I think it's just part of the times we live in, and it's, it's much easier for all business professionals to collaborate, communicate, and learn what others are doing. I mean, you can do, you can go on a LinkedIn and, and type a one or two innovative finance technology words in there, and all types of stuff is going to come up. And so as a finance professional, uh, you know, you know, sorry, I'm going to be a little frank here and maybe please do could, uh, offend some folks that have been doing this for many decades. But uh, if you're not thinking about it as a finance professional, you're putting your career at risk. Um, th- this is the evolution in time. Um, and it's no different from something that happened 20 years ago, I mean, there's not a finance professional out there today that still thinks of doing their job entirely on paper or even Excel for that matter, and this is just the next evolution of it. Neil, you're, you're being frank in a way that people need to hear, and that's what we like to do here on Game Changers is this is a reality check. Is what's going on in the industry? Yes, we can talk, 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 but the reality is technology's there. The CFO, the finance office needs to take charge, and I'm, I'm harking back here to something in Melanie's note. She said it's established that the modern CFO has a more strategic role to play in the business, but a clear action plan to achieve this is lacking. It's, t- it's a wake-up call, Neil, so I hope that people in the listening audience around the world appreciate that you're saying this is it's time and we may not have that dramatic aha moment or that eureka or that tipping point as I was teasing Sam about a few minutes ago but in in reality people need to hear this and they need to they need to have a wake-up call so Neil we give you the pass on that one are you feeling better now I do <laughs> Melanie, yeah, we, we need to get I Melanie in on this. Melanie, I know you're listening eagerly, and I went back to one of your statements because it's so perfect for this part of the conversation. So is embracing this new technology, Melanie, and saying, yes, we're aware of it. We've got we to gotta adopt it, adopt it, learn it, use it, put it into effect, make it part of everything we do to help the business run more strategically. Are you seeing this wake-up calls already happening, Melanie? Absolutely. Uh, and I think there's a different angle to this automation conversation. Uh, sure, it helps um, improve finance processes, uh, but what it also does for the finance function is free up time, free up time for higher value work, more strategic work, uh, collaborating with other parts of the business to understand how they work um, and work towards common goals. Um, and, and the statement you mentioned about lacking a clear action plan, in fact, before we started uh, our research on this topic, um, we saw that the dominant narrative was that the CFO, yes, has a strategic mandate uh, and that they need to be more collaborative, but the specifics were really missing. And that's really what we've gotten to in our research and what's emerging, I think, in the conversations with CFOs. Um, they are now becoming far more specific about what they want to work on with other functions. Um, And and, and in our research, they've identified things like um, uh, vendor selection strategies with procurement, um, fraud and corruption detection, for instance, 
um, employee retention retention strategies with HR. Because at the end of the day, all of these have a bearing um, on how you manage risk in the business and how you manage spend. So mm-hmm. automation, yes, improves finance processes, but also allows CFOs and senior finance executives to be more strategic. Thank you very much. Good good addition to that topic. Neil, I'm looking at your notes here. And, Neil, I'm going to ask you to pick one of these emerging technologies, which are really maturing now. They're maturing. They're converging. Uh, they're not – they may be disruptive, but it's not like AI just appeared in the landscape six months ago or machine learning. It's certainly not predictive. So, Neil, I'm going to give you your pick. Uh, would you like to tell us a little bit about the usages of machine learning or predictive analytics or AI in the finance function, so we have something really specific to grip on. Neil? Sure. Um, you know, I might dive down deep into a topic a little bit that a finance professional would really understand, and that's predictive analytics. That's, Perfect. When you first hear that word, uh, it's easy to assume, oh, you're just, that's just forecasting. Uh, so, so what's so new about that? However, um, and this really goes back to my quote, as much as uh, things change, they, they sit, stay the same. This is where um, if you have a strong foundation and information you can rely on in your current uh, finance and enterprise systems, a perfect example of how you can leverage these intelligent type technologies. So predictive analytics today with, with uh, the combination of machine learning has the ability not to just forecast based upon, let's look at historic results, apply a few assumptions, and come up with a number that may or may not be accurate and we can be confident in and rely upon to make decisions. Mm -hmm. Uh, What these new innovations allow today is to actually do a prediction based upon something that is happening in the moment right now uh, but it may not have a financial statement impact yet. Basically, a non-GAAP-related posting, for example, what might that be? A sales order. Uh, there's no financial impact on a balance sheet and income statement for a sales order. However, a sales order is an absolute leading indicator of what your sales revenue is going to be when there comes a time that you're allowed to recognize it, which absolutely has a financial impact and is probably one of the number one KPIs any uh, Wall Street analyst will do in predicting how healthy or how much a company will grow into the future. And so what predictive analytics enables a company to do is really have the best type of prediction and forecasted results on KPIs um, that are changing in the moment every time a sales order is entered. And, you know, many companies have thousands and millions of, of sales orders throughout a day and a week and a year. Uh, and so to be able to have that power in the moment to change your prediction of what your sales revenue will be based upon real in-the-moment data versus something that's historic and history is not always uh, an indicator of the future things change. That's what we're talking about on this show. But actually forecasting based upon something that's happening in the moment is very, very powerful. 
Very powerful. I'm going to go back to the, the word I think Sam used, uh, exciting and, and encouraging, actually. Let's go around the table. Melanie, agree or disagree with what Neil just shared as far as a use case for predictive analytics in terms of being able to seize data in the moment, have those insights, and use them to look ahead to trends and predicting future results. Melanie, agree or disagree? I agree. I think there's a compelling case for that. Um, and it seems that CFOs are seeking this. Um, one of the biggest challenges that um, that emerged in, in our conversations with finance executives was this pace of change. Change was a recurring theme. Um, it, it was about uh, managing unexpected changes to financial forecasts, adapting finance processes to rapidly evolving business models. So all of these things could potentially benefit from predictive analytics. Thank you very much. Sam Parikh. Join us. What do you think? Predictive? Are you a fan? If, uh, yes, I would. I would say that it's a. Uh, I would agree that it's a very mature. Uh, it is well known within the finance circles. Um, I would like to think of taking predictive to the next level. I think uh, absolutely uh, companies can get the insights. The CFOs can get insights in terms of what's happening within their within the boundaries of their organization and uh, have the better insights uh, on a more real-time basis. I think the, another benefit of predictive, and I think that predictive might have to be combined with some of the technologies, is to bring in the external factors into the decision-making. Simple example, how would, for example, a storm impact a power company and, and their balance sheet and their financials? ability to combine this data and create a model that will show me the results uh, you know beforehand and at least give me an indication as to uh, as to the results are sufficient and if, if this storm is going to have a major impact so on and so forth and allowing me to make make it more actionable I think mm-hmm. that's where really the value of predictive analysis comes into play uh, you know Take a look at the data, both internal and external, and create more of an actionable insight is, is what's going to drive or what's driving the finance organizations. Thank you very much, Sam. You know what? We are at the end of our conversation on Roundtable, but it's time for our predictions. So, Melanie Narona, thank you for hanging in with us, Melanie. I know it's been a challenge getting that line connection from Dubai, but we're so glad you're here with us. Melanie, I'm going to give you 60 seconds. What's your prediction on what's coming, I like to say, either down the pike or up the road or however direction you're looking? In terms of creating an intelligent finance organization, let's say between now and 2025, what do you think will change? 60 seconds. Melanie, go. Well, I think that the core part of the topic will stay the same, especially from the collaborative angle that I've been discussing today. Uh, the finance function must collaborate with other business functions to fulfill the strategic mandate or to build on insights available within the team and steer the business. Um, but what I think will change by 2025 is is the scale. So with widespread adoption of these technologies, uh, they'll tr- truly be a data deluge in a way, you know, and you see a, li- a little mm-hmm. bit of this emerging already. But by, 2030, uh, by 2025, um, the finance will have so many metrics and so many variables. Uh, it, it'll be important, I think, to sift through this intelligently 
uh, to understand which variables are the most significant uh, and which indicators offer the most insight. Thank you very much. Very wise words from Melanie Naroma, Narona at The Economist. And Sam Parika Deloitte, you're up next. Predictions, 60 seconds. Sam, all yours. I think by 2025, uh, finance uh, will look different. Uh, two folds I can, I can mm. imagine. One, I think the finance leadership will continue to look for and actively uh, move on to integrating different finance applications. They will, they will see the benefit of looking at finance processes end-to-end and trying to integrate and, and automate, intelligently automate, I would say. And the second thing, is, I think the finance structure, organizational structure, um, would look different from what it is now uh, in 2025. Uh, and I've always been hard on talent. Talent of finance in 2025 will, will look different than what we have today. It is changing, and I think it's going to continue to evolve over a period of time. Thank you, Sam. Very interesting. I can't wait to see where that one goes. Neil Krefsky, I'm leaving the last word to you. 60 seconds. What do you predict? Yeah, I, I believe uh, the lines between the CFO and the finance organization and the CIO and the IT organization uh, will not only continue to be blurred. I mean, there's, that's going on now. The lines between those two departments are blurring, but I think they'll just be gone. Uh, those lines. And I kind of think of it as similarly, if we had a show like this 10 or 15 years ago, the topic might be debating, does finance need to be more of a strategic advisor? Well, that topic's gone. That's just part of the standard mandate of a CFO and a finance organization today. You know, that conversation now is how are they doing it? You know, companies are doing it in different ways, but not debating if that's part of their job. And I think, you know, IT expertise and how to apply that in finance and use it to collaborate throughout all other lines of business to improve uh, performance across the enterprise is just going to be a standard of a finance organization. Thank you, Neil. I appreciate that look back. What would we have been talking about 10 years ago? We, we never do that. We're always looking ahead. So thank you for that backwards looking rear window reality check, if you will. I really appreciate that. Melanie Narona, such a pleasure to meet you. Thank you for sharing your insights and your wisdom and keep on doing what you do. Sam Perica Deloitte, always happy to hear from you and thank you for taking time to join us. And Neil Krefsky, your family, what can I say? Come back anytime. I have to do a shout out to Melanie Mechold. I hope I'm pronouncing her last name right she put the show together melanie great job and she as well as chris grundy and birgit starmans are sharing the sponsorship for this series and i have to say welcome back financial excellence with game changers eighth season they've been with me eight years and it continues to be one of our most popular ever 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 radio shows of all so i'm bonnie d graham and here's my call to action fasten your seatbelt. what in the world are you waiting for go out and be a game changer today just like melanie narona at the economist intelligence unit just like sam parik at deloitte consulting and just like neil krefsky at sap have a great day bye-bye Thanks again for tuning in to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP, helping you to run simple. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to hashtag SAPRADIO. 
and join host Bonnie D. Graham Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time, here on the Business Channel. Wishing you a game-changing week.